I'm Sarah Connolly, and this is part two of my interview with Cyclocross star Helen Wyman. Uh, when I spoke to Helen, we ended up talking for a couple of hours. So what I did was divide this interview into two parts. This is part two. Part one's already happened. Go to my site, prowomencycling.com, to hear it. But in this part, we're going to talk about what how cyclocross works, how to watch it, what Helen thought of the Friends Life Women's Tour, um, a little bit of road, how the Coppenberg Cross Equal Pay came about, what she thinks of other riders, and much, much, much more. Hope you enjoy it. The courses have a mixture of natural features. I mean, some of them can just be all nothing but natural features, can't they? Nearly like, all of them in Europe are. It's just in America. Yeah, but they have like duck boards. There's races with duck boards, um, which are basically little little super cool jumps. I love duck boards. Yeah. And little BMX style things. And you've got races with um, planks that you have to yeah. either bunny hop or get off and jump over. And you've got sections where you literally physically can't ride up. Yeah, you've got a lot of running sections and steps and things like that. Things that are um, obstacles that you have to get off your bike for and carry your bike. Yeah. And there's and probably two or three of those features per lap. Yeah, and they decide and they decide how many laps you race based on how fast the first lap is, don't they? Yeah, first two laps, and then they give you laps to go. And that's so that you so that you can fit it into the amount of time. So that's that's interesting because that's they're so so different. And obviously the weather plays a huge part. Weather well, plays a massive part. I mean, Ronza last year we were doing ten minute laps. This year we were doing seven and a half. <laughs> and Sven was doing five fifty. Oh my god, Sven was so fast. And that that course, anyone that said, "Oh yeah, Ronza, you can do in a five minute fifty lap," <laughs> no, you wouldn't say that before the race. So you know the weather conditions make a huge huge difference to the event. Yeah. And I think I think my favourite one of my favourite races was Shelder Cross, where the where they weren't sure whether the Shelder was going to flood the course or not. Yeah. <laughs> but you've also got things like um, obviously when it's snow and ice, you've got ruts that freeze up, haven't yeah. you? And there's lots of off off camber sections that can be very different, impossible. To, well, I look at them and I'm like, I don't know some of Lars van der Haar's lines which they were showing on the TV, and you're looking, it's just like, what? How does he do that? <laughs> Yeah, it is. You know, the skills of the top riders is incredible. If you watched Mariana Voss in Leuven two years ago, that it was just incredible what she was riding, and she was racing with Daphne then, maybe yeah. two years ago. Oh, she was racing against Daphne, and Daphne is one of the most technical women in the world. And you know, she matches the dudes with her technique, and yeah. was outskilling her, oh. and it was just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, there, there is, there's so such exciting parts to the racing, and. And even silly things like last year, me and Sana um, Kant were racing neck and neck in the B post for Hassout. And like, I'd go away, then she'd come back and then she'd get away and then I'd come back. And the crowd was deafening, really deafening for me and her. And it was just such a, it was exciting being in that race, you know, and I gapped her just before the finish. And then she came back to me again and then we sprinted it out for the finish. And it was, it was genuinely exciting being part of it. So Watching the race must have been really, really exciting for the spectators too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's become really interesting because obviously in the past I could only watch like one live women's race in the year, and that's Worlds. Yeah, and and the rest of the time you're relying on clips, you know, Sports is one minute and um, Veers, you know, seven minutes. But yeah. to be able to watch every World Cup last year live, it, it's it, pretty cool. It changed. It kind of changed my view of the racing as a lot, a lot as well, and of the races too. It was so special. Yeah, yeah, it is good, and it's good for the riders to be able to watch it as well. And 
it's really good. I, I think it's really good. And I just think that we need a bit more TV time in Belgium yeah. would help us. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, the national championships this year had like an hour long program on Eurosport in yeah. Britain. And it was, you know, 20 minutes for the men, 20 minutes for the women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the Dutch one, you can get Dutch races that'll be streamed by, you know, the, the women's race will be streamed live. And I think it was Sankt Wendel when they, 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 the TV channel didn't bother to stream the men's, the German, the German just, TV, they didn't show the men's, but oh my God, Hanka Kupfernagel was racing, so by God they showed the women's. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, it's cool. I, I think it just needs to keep progressing as it is in a, sometimes there's ways to, to get more things and sometimes revolution is the way and sometimes evolution is the way and I think for road racing there needs to be a revolution I think there's so much that needs to change it's ridiculous yeah that you just have to scrap it and start afresh but I think in terms of cross I think we're on the right path and you know if everyone can be a bit patient maybe evolution is the right way in changing people's attitudes yeah 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 and i think i think we just had this last week with road with road where brian cookson said oh we're not going to have a women's minimum wage after all he meant this time and i was talking to christy scrimger about it and it's like yeah well we're not going to go for pushing for a women's women women's minimum wage straight away because what we're actually pushing for is proper structural change more than one layer of teams <laughs> <laughs> and a, and a women's minimum wage as part of that and I'm completely cool about that like you know if, if it means waiting an extra year or two years but when you change you change a lot of things I, yeah. that, 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 that's worth doing I think the thing is as well it's a really slow process on the UCI I found this out you know it's like it really is a slow process and you take five steps forward and then you take another three back it's like okay and they're also not very transparent yeah you know they don't keep people in the loop and let them know and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because people not knowing they speculate about stuff that isn't right or yeah. they speculate about stuff that is never going to happen or but but by telling them plans maybe people could get behind it a bit more and could support stuff as opposed to being negative you know and sometimes we can be our worst enemy we we can someone does one thing bad and we're like well this is terrible and yet I haven't seen anyone publicly tweet about the fact that the B Post Bank Trophy prize money's gone up this year I see I didn't even so, know about that no and, and so, I'm an obsessive yeah yeah <laughs> and, you know I haven't seen anyone that I publicly tweeted about the parking at Ronza because it was fantastic and yeah. I didn't it was not anticipated and that's you know it was perfect and to me, that's something we need to be positive about, the positive steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Standing, yeah. that there are step processes being made to, to get rid of the negative side of it. And, and still stuff is nowhere near right. And I know that. And I'm not saying every, you know, make it all rosy because it is. I'm just saying that maybe there should be a bit more transparency in the way that the UCI approach things to let people know guys, we're working on this. Well, that, that was the problem. That was the problem with, you know, it became this to talk about road for a moment, it became with the Chris, you know, with the Brian Cooks and minimum wage thing, shock, shock, anger, anger. When actually, if you present it differently, we're working on this for really major structural change. And, you know, like, like Christy told me, um, that's, that, that becomes very exciting. You know, yeah. you, you take a message that's a negative message and you turn it into a positive one. Like, 
all the people who answered our survey or the, the recent research I've done that shows that women's road races have been getting better and better and we're now better than 2006. Yeah. You know, that's that's exciting. The TV is yeah. exciting. And you yeah, know, so the women's, the Friends Life Women's Tour this year was incredible. Oh. It was one of the best races I've ever ridden. It was so well organised. It was so well structured. There were so many people watching. You you were the main event. It was absolutely fantastic. And it was perfect. And that's how women's road racing should be presented. And it was genuinely fantastic. They brought in everything that was structured from the men's side and they just went, that's it for the women's race. Yeah, yeah. So, and, they, and, and then adding things in, like like the things that I absolutely loved was the what, that they don't do in the men's race was the working with schools. And, right. you know, your team, well, Stefan's team, Matrix, uh, Matrix Wellpine, doing all the work with schools so that every single school in the near area was out on the roadside in the pouring rain on the yeah. next Thursday and Friday. Yeah. There was one school that handmade signs for every team. Yeah. So, you know, so if you were, if, you know, not just the ones with British riders in it either, you know, there's, a, there's someone holding a team for, you know, for rubber bands or something. It? It's like, it's art, it's geography, it's, sport at the same time it's you know it's it's the kind of thing that teachers love because they can encompass all this especially in primary school ages they can accompany accomplish all these different categories of things they have to teach into one one thing that's exciting and different for the kids so it's kind of they did a the the guys did a fantastic job on that race and all of them said it was really nice working with the women which was really nice and i think at the end of it i think uh um mick bennett was just overawed with how successful the event was and and you know he obviously will have made money out of that event and he'll be making he'll be doing it in the future because he's a businessman and why should he not make money out of it yeah yeah. and he sees there's a way to make it in women's cycling which is what I said before about a saturated market so you go to a different market yeah and you become a big player in a different market as that's how you expand and so yeah I, uh, that was a fantastic event. I yeah. love that race. Now, I, I, did, I did one of the things I particularly loved, Helen, because I was obviously working on the Friends Life Women's Tour, was there you were riding with Matrix Valpine. And I think every time I rocked up to see you and your team in front of a, in, at the beginning or the end of the race, you were surrounded by small children getting your autograph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun, isn't it? They're the future. And it's like, it's a fun. They ask really stupid questions. It's great. Well, I particularly like the fact that, you know, your team, you know, I guess, who was it who was just mocking you? Oh, yeah, they only want you. Yeah. <laughs> they did say, like, I said, oh, you know, there's loads of people cheering for me today. And Jessie's like, yeah, all I heard was your name and her barns. I liked I liked Lucy Martin saying that she was pretending that all the people shouting for Lucy Garner were her. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is sweet. You seem to have been reducing your road riding. Yeah, I did about twenty days this year. Yeah, I mean, will you be will you be riding Friends Life again ne- this year, next year, two thousand and fifteen? If the team get in, yes. I I think the team are going to get in. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion they might. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think you gave back a little bit more than you got. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and uh, maybe with their signing of some like chipper track rider, they might get in. <laughs> yeah, um, I think yeah. Well, what's her name? Lara. Lara, Lara, something. Lara Trout. I yeah, can't Emma Trot's sister. You know the one. Oh yeah, Emma Trot. I heard that Emma Trot had a sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know, they probably will, and so 
that would be my aim would be to ride that and it's a bit later this year as well which is a good thing for me. yeah yeah june june because of the election but also um i have heard some very exciting things that they're going to be doing about publicizing it this year so i think it's actually going to get bigger that's good that's good because they, they said that on the last day in the in very st edmund um the square had like an eight thousand capacity or something seven and a half thousand people capacity and it was full and people were out the side roads <laughs> so and that that's for the podium presentation at the end of the race and yeah. that's that is fantastic because that's people that have made the effort to actually go watch that race. And yeah. someone was saying it was like six, 700,000 people watched the TV program every night. Like a million separate individual people watched it. Like... Well, then that is incredible, isn't it? That's yeah. a million people have tuned in to watch one part at least of those five days yeah. of and... TV coverage. And... That is a huge reach. Yeah, and my sister lives in Essex, and she was watching it on the local and national TV. She doesn't even know, you know, she doesn't know that she's ever ridden a bike since she was four years old. Exactly, and you've got this fantastic reach of people, and you know, when yeah, it's just it's just incredible. It really is fantastic, and and um, what they did was was amazing, and and other race organisations, you know, and that's where the UCI should step in and say right, this is good, this is what we need, this is the standard we should set. Yes, exactly. Let's set the other races to that standard and see what they can come up with. And and the sport, in order for the sport to go forward, it needs to be run by businesses, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it. It needs to be people that are using it to as their, it's their job, you know, because that way they put more effort into making it a success. And there's a lot more professional, which is is something that's necessary. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it gives me shivers just remembering being there. I think my favourite guy retweeted it. Guy Guy Elliot retweeted again. I call this photo "No one's interested in women's cycling," and it's like yeah. a run into Bury St Edmunds or something, wherever it's completely ludicrously full. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think everyone involved really enjoyed the experience as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting because obviously we've got the first Cyclocross World Cup coming up. Ah, Milton Keynes, November twenty ninth. And that is, um, is there pressure for the Milton Keynes organisers to kind of, to kind of, you know, They've beat sold like 3,000 tickets. Oh my God, I've got, I haven't bought my tickets yet. Oh, it won't sell out, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't panic, it's got like 20,000 capacity, it's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just going to be a super easy race to get to, isn't it? Because it's like the course, like you literally fall off the train and roll across. Yeah, it's at the opposite end to the train station, but it's in the theatre district and there's loads of parking, there's loads of buses to it there's loads of food nearby there's loads of food at the venue there's it's a fantastic course to spectate because it's a bit like a bowl so you can actually like Ooh. look at it you can watch stuff you can see presentations and at the same time you can see all the race and it's just going to be brilliant and I really hope people get behind it and Belgians were really excited already they you know the Belgians that travel to all the races are were booking their hotels last year or asking is this a good place to go and stuff it's like well I live in England, but I don't really live in England, so I don't <laughs> the ferry, But yeah, they're very clever because the ferry company's doing a deal, isn't it? So, you know, you can just yeah. kind of come over a night on the ferry and, and yeah. just and get... A load of American racers are coming over because it's easy for them because they come straight into Heathrow and Heathrow's notorious for losing baggage. So <laughs> at least now they don't have to, like, if they fly to Brussels, it's normally into Heathrow, then Brussels. And so they always lose a bag, but this time they know they won't. And, you know, it's it's really it's going to be good it's going to be really good and, and the course is really hard and um me and Nikki have both been down and had a look and it's yeah it's fantastic it, it should be a really exciting event and it's not very often that you get to see the best riders in the world racing 
men and women together on the same day in the same venue. Oh, it's best riders in the world from that sport. So it's going to be great. And and actually, I think because you get quite a lot of Brits going across the channel to the Euro races. Yeah. So this is our chat. So you know, look out for more and people yelling Helen and yeah, um, air definitely. horns and. That's what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> Simon, put, uh, not, uh, the organisers of Milton Keynes, put out a tweet and said, "Oh, retweet if you're cheering for Helen and favourite if you're cheering for Nikki." It's like you're yeah, nice one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <laughs> cheer for both of us. So I retweeted and favourite, and then so did Nikki. <laughs> oh, so because of course you're just one big happy family, the um, riders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I forget. You do forget because you go to America and it's really friendly and everybody's really nice and it's a a great atmosphere and people tell you you're amazing even when you had a terrible day and <laughs> you know like me <laughs> and Gabby were chatting and uh, I've just been to one of our favorite shops so I was showing her what I'd purchased and uh, this person comes past and goes oh you did great today Gabby and he walked away and she went oh I was so bad today <laughs> and I was like yeah but it's okay because everyone will tell you you did great at school <laughs> she was like eighth or something maybe seventh and, uh, and it was it's just really funny because everyone's so friendly over there but then when you come back people are friendly here and and you do forget because there are people that tell you oh you weren't so good this week and you know they make a point of telling you that during the <laughs> during your race or just before your race or something and and but equally there are just as friendly people and they take time to warm to you and so you know the riders are now warming the the people I've known a long time are now warming to me which is nice and you know they it is a it's a different friendly atmosphere but it is still you know you can have chats with each other and stuff like that and yeah. I, I don't think there's any personally I don't think there's any like direct rivalry between me and Nikki just because we're British I don't think we see each other any I think we respect each other what each other has achieved and and you know she's an incredibly good bike rider and she's had so many world cup podiums last year she's finished second overall and third overall in the world cup series you know she's she's won national she's an incredibly talented bike rider and I respect her in the same way that I I think she respects me so yeah, there's no main rivalry in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you have, I mean, the, the other characters, you've got Katie Compton, the power yeah. rider, the kind of, you know, diesel wind-up rider. Um, and she, I, I, it's very interesting watching the USA press. Oh, it's her year, it's Katie's year, it's Katie's year at Worlds. And and every year something goes wrong for her at Worlds. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I feel for her, I really do, because she, you know, she's put enough legwork in now she really does deserve a world title yeah she is the best consistent bike rider in the world in cross you know if mariana rode every race from september to february she would be but she doesn't so she isn't but and and compton is and compton and voss are the only two that can actually make each other work and and compton's the only person that's beaten mariana the last season you know so She's put she's put enough work in. She does deserve a title, but yeah, she just has to get it right on the day, I guess. And and maybe I don't know. Maybe there's a psychological thing that I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Not not get stressed about because it must be very. Because I think that's the weird thing is like I mean you know Voss seems to always flower when when it's when it's really when it's really tough, and and then you've got like riders like Eva Lechner who just doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, woohoo, I'm just going to try and win. Awesome. 
I yeah, need winners to. are winners, aren't they? People that win want to win races. It, it drives them to yeah. keep winning. And, and people ask for us, oh, why do you keep going? You won everything. It's like, yeah, but I could still win more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's like a thrill. It's like it's exciting to win. And you have to win bigger because the next result doesn't mean as much unless you've fought harder for it or unless yeah, yeah. something even better you know it's i i think when i first started watching cyclocross it was you know daphne vandenbrand oh god i just miss watching her race so much you know and and, and kind of hankers hankers last you know golden days and stuff and, yeah and and you and nikki coming through and, and mariana and it and it's an interest it seems like it feels like it's an interesting time because we've just got this new set of people like you know nikki taking this this step up to be the rider that you know we always know that she could be and and you know riders like Hal Anderson coming over and then the young you know young like what's her name Yara Castelline yeah who's, she's only 12 yeah she's 17 yeah <laughs> and you know Pauline Fran Prevost who's like the national French champion in everything I don't yeah. think she's a French champion in BMX <laughs> no no I mean this year Sophie DeBoer stepped it up again she was really good two years ago and then she's had two years where she's been sick or injured or something yeah 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 reached her potential and this year she's really stepped it up and Ellen Van Loy has got really skinny and properly working obviously working hard to win races again Lo Sells has come back from having two children and she was incredibly good she was Belgian national champ one year before mm. she retired and um in America Caroline Manny has really gone is really fast at the minute Meredith Miller is focused entirely on cross mm. um this is new girl, Courtney McFadden, was in those two races in Rochester. And she in Providence, she was up there as well. So there's people coming through all the time. Erica Zavata, who rides for the Amy D Foundation, mm. she is had a fifth place, I think, yesterday in Rochester in America. So it's like, you know, these riders are just coming through all the time. You always you're always watching your back, you know. It's not yeah, yeah. it's not easy to keep keep winning and, and every year you train harder and you work harder and and you're like I know I'm stronger and then everyone's still with you like damn them <laughs> <laughs> and you know Sabrina Stoltians is coming through isn't she and she, I don't, yeah she was watching on Saturday but I don't know when she starts her season I didn't really get a chance to talk to her but no she was well she was only just she was racing super hard um the, for the road she was in the road world champs because she got <laughs> she got into the road world champs because she won the under 23 road European road champs did, which yeah. gives you an automatic spot at, and she won it because Elena Ciccini had so thought she really yes <laughs> I watched that it's so great <laughs> but um yeah, and so the races that are coming up, um, I know which ones I'm excited about, but which which races does for people who, you know, haven't really necessarily got every weekend to commit to walking cyclocross. Okay, well that's that's fine. Then then all you have to do is commit the whole of November, <laughs> and then you'll be fine. You'll pretty much cover it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about November because you've got Koppenberg on the first, equal prize money. You've got um, the second is on. Sonhoven. It's the day after Koppenberg. Yes. How? How? Um, I, I mean, Koppenberg. For everyone who doesn't know, includes riding up the classic, incredible Koppenberg cross climb. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's 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 the Ronde van Vlaanderen of cross. It's well, three quarters of the way up. Then you turn right, drop down, and then ride up it on the grass. On mud, mud and cow yeah. shit. Yeah, cow poop. There's a lot of cow poop. Cow in it. And then Zonhoven is in this super steep pit of sand. Yeah. I mean, when you see that there's obviously as a fan, Koppenberg's on Hoven weekend, I am going to be glued to my computer yeah. yelling and yeah. drinking so, Belgian beer. So November is Koppenberg's on Hoven in the first weekend. 
And then the following weekend is um, European Champs in Germany, which I don't think you'll be able to watch anywhere. And then the next day is Rudevorda, which yeah. is like a, a muddy field with a little cobble thing in the middle, which is just really weird. And then the next weekend is Coxider and Spa. Oh, and my God. At the Pogo Racing Circuit. So that should be a really epic race. You know, that's going to have epic descents and epic uphills. Okay. And then the following weekend is Milton Keynes, followed by Hammerzogger, which is a new course, which again will be muddy probably. And Hammerzogger is the one that they run like three years ago. They basically did a running race in it because it was too much water. <laughs> I remember like literally water up to people's ankles while they were on their bikes, like with like trying to keep away from it. And that takes you to the 30th of November. So November is just the, the month to plan nothing else at your weekends. Excellent. And Cockside, I mean, although I think my friend GS Girl calls it the, she says that Koppenberg is like the Ronde van Vlaanderen and Cockside is like Paris Roubaix. Like, even though it's sandy, on sand dunes. Yeah. In a military, in a military I space. Think, I don't think Cockside ever needs to be compared to anything else. I, I think pretty much stands its own merit <laughs> i went to worlds in Coxsider and i tried climbing up some of those <laughs> yeah tried getting anywhere at that world was just ridiculous there's some stat about the toilets that was really hilarious that simon bernie said about but i can't remember what it is now it was like the number of the, there was like sixty thousand spectators at the venue and the king of belgium and stuff and mm. they had like one toilet per ten thousand or something <laughs> It was so ridiculously low. It obviously wasn't that. Well, they had special, they had, I'd never seen outdoor male urinals before that were just like a piece of, Oh yeah, they're regularly at races. Like a piece of canvas where with men just lining up against, oh, don't look that way. Yeah. (laughs) Virgins don't don't really care. They they urinate wherever they feel like it. They're against something. They always urinate against something, but they, yeah. Uh, So, um, and you mentioned, I just want to quickly talk about the other work you've been doing because you mentioned... Um, Koppenberg Cross having equal prize money and yeah. this is the first UCI race to have equal prize money the first C1 UCI race in Europe to have equal prize money and how did that happen Helen Wyman um, well Koppenberg wanted to do something different um, because they had a bit of extra cash this year they had a really successful year last year and they wanted to promote something and so they decided that the women's side was the way to go because again it's something different that no one really does and I said well I've got a sponsor that can help you with that because obviously the money they made didn't make enough. And um, and so he stepped in and he has totally funded the entire prize pot um, to make equal prize money. And he is Chris Auer from 2020 Cycles in Baltimore, which also run the Charm City Cyclocross Weekend. And he wanted to make his race bigger, but um, it didn't fit in the calendar to be a C1. So he said, OK, well, I'll sponsor that event. So we basically connected the right people um and got them talking and there's been huge publicity from it because Koppenberg are also going to try and get the the parking right because they've only got a road to park on so it's a very long thin car park yeah um and quite often at the very beginning it's just the men and then you have the women and this year they're going to try and do men one side women the other so that they get you know the people that can't bother to walk two miles to go see the best woman Mm -hmm. they're going to see them them there and that that's the kind of thing that we we're talking about and simple things that people say oh why should we talk about parking it's like it makes a massive difference to the way that you can um you can give back to your sponsors and the way that you can get media attention because yeah. you know the people that the the interviewers and the tv crews and everything don't want to walk that far they don't have time to walk that far so yeah 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 
and the photographers and if you can turn around as a spend base on one side and you on the other side yeah then just... they're going to take the photos and then you're going to get the publicity and then you're going to grow the sport so um, they're doing things like that to try and make a make the difference and yeah that's really exciting and but the biggest thing is the equal prize money thing and, and yeah that's going to be absolutely fantastic and and i i do i do think there's something nicely political about it taking a usa sponsor to sponsor a belgian race to give equal prize it money. does kind of make people think a bit more you know it does make people think well hold on why do we have to rely on on you know a different continent to, yeah. to sponsor our event to make things things better and and that's that's a good thing and yeah. You know, the work on the UCI committee is to, to put rules in place and things like that to try and make the sport, give it the opportunity to grow. But sometimes you need people to want to willingly do it. And the minute that someone says, actually, I want to do this, is the minute that I can connect them with someone else that yeah. I know would want to do that and would yeah. want the publicity. And, and it's a GP 2020. And, you know, Koppenberg's massive in America. It's like this world famous event. It's so epic around everywhere. It's an epic event. And for your name to be associated with that is just is just such a cool thing, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, it's, it's like, you know, when I bought my bike from Kona, it's like, I'd, of course, you'd go to that bike shop. <laughs> yeah, and you know, he, uh, Chris ran a raffle. So he didn't just, he didn't just say, okay, here's the money, go do what you want with it. He's also run a raffle. Um, and he, they sold tickets and the, Top prize was um, a flight and accommodation to the event. Wow. For one person, and then the accommodation was for two. So, and they also had, because he runs a bike shop, he's got, he obviously has a lot of, he's a specialized concept store. And so Specialized gave him a frame that he could um, have as a raffle prize. There was a set of challenge tires. There was um, some, all kinds, there was some like kind stuff, which is like a, a, gluten-free company thing and there was all kinds of stuff that were for this raffle and then this top prize was this trip to Belgium to Koppenberg to watch the race and the VIP tickets so like he he's actually by promoting by by sponsoring the event he's not going to sell bikes yeah. but by having a raffle that ended at his race and presenting the prizes at his race means that people are going to associate his race with the bike shop, with this, with that. If they suddenly go, oh, yeah, I really want one of those specialised, I should probably just go to Chris's because he's got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he will ultimately sell more bikes from his bike shop because of the way that he he activated his sponsorship. Yeah. The same way that Skoda activate their sponsorship of Steph's team with these um, group ride things that they do. Yeah, but yeah. Fantastic, so much fun. But they, they always start at a Skoda dealer's. They always have the teams that are supported by Skoda there with riders to ride with each group. You know, they, so us and Rafa Condor were there and rally this year as well. And so they kind of, they're, they're actually, they're not just saying have this money, go do with it. They're saying, okay, this is how we activate it. You need to be part of this. And this is how we promote it. And I'm sure they sell more cars because of the fact that they do these Skoda rides at Skoda dealers. Well, yeah, and, and I've, you know, in, in, in our survey, the majority of people say, yeah, you know, so by far the majority of people said that, you know, yeah, I'm a cycling fan. And if a, if a company has, is selling something that I want, I'm more likely to use them because, you know, because they because they sponsor women's cycling. And yeah. I think that's I think that's, you know, people giving all sorts of examples of, you know, buying Volkine shirts or, or yeah. you know, buying Lululemon yoga pants or, or yeah, some things are easier to buy than others because they're cheaper, but equally 
peak companies understand that you know Skoda understand that you know, not everybody there can afford a car yeah <laughs> but if they sell two more then they've given back to the dealer and the dealer wants it next year you know it's like it, it's a, a return thing isn't it and yeah, my uh, tumble dryer and my fridge are both Bico that sponsor the World Cup. <laughs> well, it's so cool. It's like if I ever need a power shower, I'm totally buying the people who Sven Nace has got yeah. 109 of. <laughs> and um, and, Bico, um, and and the, whoever it is, um, Power yeah, Plus. We a, uh, we, this weekend we bought a spray thing, like a air compressor thing that gets rid of sand from levers and things. And uh, we're in there and we're like, oh, there's a BK CP one, BK Power Plus one. Yeah. And we're like, Actually, that's the best one. We'll buy that. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I and, and the way that BK, the way that Power Plus used the cyclocross riders in their adverts is just hilarious. You know, everything from you know Niels Albert being being sandblasted or or um, the, the, you know holding a chainsaw in a provocative position. <laughs> yeah, there are comedy adverts. <laughs> so, um, you you're on the UCI commission, and yeah. you've been doing all this work to try and make to try and make things better. Um, yeah. A, I wanted to ask you, I mean, it feels like, you know, from the first things I ever knew about cyclocross was things like Hanka Kupfenagel and Daphne Dat Band and Brand fighting and fighting and fighting for the right to cycle, to do cyclocross yeah. in the first place. And obviously riders like Mariana do, and you are on the commissions and stuff and are kind of going going a little bit crazy in your wonderful ways. I mean, is it is it just, is, is that part of the cyclocross culture, do you think, trying to make it better? I think everyone wants to make life better you know it's it is our job at the end of the day um and when there's such so much work that can be done and when you see like flashes of brilliance like the women's tour or you know like the equal prize money at Koppenberg it inspires you to do more because you know that there's no excuse for it not to be yeah um and so I I you know it's not about to me it's not about women want more or women want this or women want that it's about everybody having the same opportunity yeah and so if the opportunity is that more women can race cross and there can be more and better and faster women at the top of the sport because they can afford to do it because the prize money is equal then that should be the inspiration for the prize money to be equal, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If by doing that, it means that they have to get a better return, so the races have to put more of, a, of the race on TV so they can get a better return for sponsors so they can get more money for it, then that's the way it should be. And so to me, it's all about opportunity and everybody having the same opportunity to be as successful as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it is our job, but it is sport, you know. It's not like you're making a difference to to other people's lives. It's not like you're a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or a, you know, you're not someone that that works in the supermarket so that I can buy my food. You know, you're actually making a proper job where you're selling something or you're getting something and, you, and other people are benefiting from you because it is just sport and if you didn't have sport, people just wouldn't watch it. It wouldn't change their lives. <laughs> but equally, you know, when men are doing it, 
then women are doing it it should be have the same opportunity to do it too you know yeah and, and I was I was interested in the changes that you've already affected within the UCI because some of the things that you that, that have happened sound you know they might sound a little bit oh I don't understand that you know like, like like you were saying about the car parking like you know car parking can seem a bit oh what's that about but you you've you've had the change where everyone you know where they've where they've made the deal apart from with the super prestige but we don't mention that where the women's races have to be on before the men's races rather than being yeah. shown at stupid o'clock in the morning yeah and so that means so again that means that you're you're racing in front of bigger crowds and it's also saying that actually the women elites are it's you know it's not that you're the bottom and then there's the junior men and then there's you 23 men and then there's the elite men it's saying that you're you know you're you have more parity with the guys yeah i mean the thing for me that makes it is like the silly little things that people think oh it doesn't make that big a difference but it when it actually does and you know when i was um the commentator guy was at the start of the women's races we were rolling up and down before we were gridded and he said oh we've had three in dutch he said we've had three races so far and we've got the last two of the day the two elite races of the day and you think, nice. That's how it should be presented. Yeah, the yeah, two yeah. Elite races of the day. Yeah. First up the women, second up the men. And that's exactly how he put it. And I don't think I've ever heard a Belgian commentator say it in that way. Which you think, oh well, it doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something because suddenly he's saying these are the elite races. He hasn't made a separation. He hasn't said, next up we've got the women's race, then we've got the elite men. Yeah. Because a lot of organisers, a lot of, of people do say that. And it's like, first we've got the women's race, and then we've got the race of the day, the elite men. It's like, okay, thanks for that. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> how, that's how some of the presenters were presenting the Road World Championships, you know. Um, that, that's, I think people, you know, simultaneously, that. this is the blue ribbons event of the world, you know, like, this is the most important event of the world, the men's road race. And you're yeah. like, well... No, no, it's not true. If you know, there's a massive different audience looking for massive different things. You know, if you're a British rider, you if you're a British fan, Lizzie Armitstead is much more likely to win the world road race than any of the British, you know, than any of the British men are. Yeah, as and an example. Me, but to me, that's just the little things that people won't necessarily know that he's even said that. People won't will hear it and won't even think anything of it. But somewhere in the back of their mind, it's like, oh, it's the elite woman. Yeah, and, and just, it's not just the women. It's oh, it's the elite. Yeah, it's but also, elite. but cool. also, I think you know, Balint Hambas, who does all those amazing photos at CyclePhotos.co.uk, was saying that when he rocks up to, you know, he was saying that he couldn't get. He just, you know, coming over from Britain, there were some races where he just couldn't get to the women's race in time because it was on at you near know, nine thirty yeah. in the morning, ten in the morning, or something. And he's coming from London, yeah. and he's got to travel across, and you know, and and for him, you know, for him to buy his tickets and get there, it just, it just doesn't make it. You know, he's he's doing a whole weekend of lying down in the mud yeah. <laughs> and taking photos it's a, it's a hard weekend that he just couldn't do that and now the photographers are that you know the photographers are going to be there for you yeah definitely and that 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 is cool and you know the super prestige have um contracted a load of female riders for the first time ever which is a, a big step um and they've sent out the passes for parking in advance and you know, they said there'd be more TV coverage and they did do do good TV, sufficient TV coverage last year. Yeah. And so, you know, if they do a bit more for the women, that would be amazing too. And to me, it's changing of attitudes and it's, and it's the small steps of changing the attitudes from people like the race commentator that does the speaking at the race to the people that organise the race to someone on the committee that says let's do this different like Koppenberg are and 
you know, and it's the changing of minds and, and that does take time. And, and yeah, I mean, there's so, so much to go, but every time someone does something good, it's worth saying, you know, thanks guys. This is, this is pretty damn cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and finally, what are you, what's next on your shopping list of changes? Um, uh, equal prize money is something world cup prize money needs fixing big style. Um, so how much do you win for winning a world cup at the moment? A thousand euros as a woman and 5,000 as a man. <gasps> I, cause I thought the UCI had said that they'd already had equal prize, you know, on, on their events, it's equal prize money. But no, no. but there's prize money to the men for 50th and the 50th man gets 350 euros. And wow. The eighth place woman gets 270. <gasps> that's outrageous. Yeah. And that's something the UCI can change because it's their rules, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's hard to fight against it because of the whole traditional start contract thing. Yeah. Which is why the 50th ranked man gets money. So Whereas every what, other World Cup, the lowest it ever goes to is 15th. Oh. So what's 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 um what what else? What else is next? Because obviously prize money is a work in progress. What prize else is money is a work in progress. Um, the uh, a youth category for women is something that's really yes. important. And I, I don't really know how to go about that. I've contacted a few people to that are, are young riders. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> but it, see what it, what it is that that they want. You know, because I, yeah. I I'm a strong believer that the same way that although Sven is is really good at representing riders of his ability and his level. You know, I would never have told him that something's not right in the past for him to take to the committee because what would he know about what, what it's like to be me? Yeah. So the same respect, yeah, we're both female, but I don't know what it's like to be 16 and racing a World Cup against Marina Voss. I don't, I don't know what that feels like. So yeah, yeah, yeah. how it would make it, yeah. how to make it better. I've got ideas too, but I want their opinion. So Yeah, yeah. But, but even that's got better because this year, this, um, this year we had the first ever you know, we at the European Championships, we had junior and under twenty-three, yeah, for women, which is awesome. And I mean, you know, and and it can be done because you look at mountain bike, and all the mountain bike disciplines have a mountain bike world downhill. You know, downhill had only five women enter the junior world, you know, junior women's world champs, and that's partly because lots of countries like Britain didn't enter, you know, didn't yeah. enter our riders. But you know, if mountain bike can have a downhill world champs for five riders, yeah. Then, then cyclocross has got many more juniors. Yeah, and I think it has to come from big races down. I think it has to come from like world championship level down. Personally, yeah, because I think that's where your opportunities are. Because the race program is pretty stacked. Yeah, already on a on a C one day or a C two day. So, yeah. I think it has to come from the top down. But there, you know, I I can't answer the questions as to what's right and what's wrong. But that's why I'm trying to talk to people about what they think is right and wrong and then trying to take that forward but and are we, are we having a youth some kind of youth category at worlds this in 2015 no all oh, right i thought it was this year damn it no no nothing like that's been discussed and and uci is a really long process like i said before and it's so political yeah and whatever we suggest then gets taken to this management committee and then the management committee see no one knows this stuff no one knows what happens so you do all this discussion at the committee and at the commission, you chat about stuff and it's like a whole day of talking and listening and all those things. And it covers everything in the sport, not just like the elite level, it covers other things too. And and then you go and you make these arrangements and you make these agreements and you agree on everything. And then it gets, you go to another meeting where you finalize this and finalize rule changes and rule wording and things. And that never quite works anyway. And then <laughs> everything has to go through a, um, through 
um, solicitors to make sure, or lawyers to make sure the wording's right, it can't be done differently and all this kind of stuff. And then it has to be agreed by them. And then the UCI committee then puts that new worded stuff to the management committee and the management committee meet once a year and then they agree everything for all disciplines Mm -hmm. and then what they agree and what they don't agree comes back and then if it's agreed then it has to be go back to the to the people to make sure the wording's right and everything's right and then so we try to make rule changes in well the meeting last year was December it was supposed to be September this year but they've moved it but so we make the rule changes say in October Mm. and nothing comes out to the public until July and that's just for simple rule changes that and anyone that wants to run a race has to put their notice in a year in advance of the race so when we were making prize money changes that can't come into place for this season because people have already committed to the race yeah so they can't change the prize money after the commitment so the prize money changes we did make in October last year won't come into place until October next year, till September next year. So it's a two-year process. Yeah, just for like simple. That seems it seems because I, I, I you know I've, I've I've been a civil servant, so I understand about bureaucracy. But that seems <laughs> it seems like there's some things in that process that could definitely be sped up. You know, that are kind of unnecessarily bureaucratic. I guess it's the culture of of society, isn't it? That you know, if something's wrong, someone will sue, or if something's you know, I don't know. I guess it's the way that. They want to make sure they're doing it right the first time so it doesn't have yeah, to get... Yeah, but, you know, you know, like, you know, you said at the end of the day it's not teaching, it's not hospitals and stuff. No. And you kind of think that with those things that are really important, you can affect change a lot faster. It seems Which is why when Koppenberg said to us we want to do something different involving the women, which is why I said straight away, do equal prize money. Yeah. So, it's going to take another four years to get equal prize money at a C1 race. Yeah, and yeah. it's going to be... And they're doing it within, like, they, they announced it in February. And it was October that we were talking at the committee about, with the commission about prize money. And in February, it was agreed and finalised and contracts were in place for 2020 to sponsor the event for it and Koppenberg to do the, the stuff, which is less time than it takes to go through the, the process of what <laughs> to the UCI. So in my opinion stuff like that why people wanting to do stuff is actually a quicker process yeah yeah and, and i guess it i guess that's the other thing term. isn't it like like if for example and if say for example super prestige you know if you're work or be post if you're working with be post bank trophy and they decide to say hey let's 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 put this let's put equal prize money in place or let's put in a blanket agreement about car parking or let's put in place say <laughs> actually we've got if we if we shuffle the races around we can have a under 23 category for women yeah or, you know, so by the time the rules come in, it's just like it, it's rubber stamping what actually happens in most places. Yeah, and, and that's kind of, I kind of like it. I like it either way. Yeah. But I like people to have the opportunity to choose to do it and yes. just me to guide them into the right yes. choice. And also then, and also it means, that the, <laughs> and it also means that by the time this terrible long decision making process has taken place, that when people go, oh no, that can't be done, you can turn around and go, oh, oh, here's, here's seven examples of how it can be done. Where's your evidence it can't? Yeah, it's it's. It, so I mean, do you do you get to work with um, B Post Bank Trophy and Super Prestige? And no, not really. Like if they wanted to talk to me for ideas, then I, you know, I'm there and happy to to talk and. I spoke to the, one of the guys that does the TV at the end of last year because 
someone had said that person the woman that won the most super prestigious would go to the the thing at Middlekirk the presentation thing yeah and I was the one that had won the most and (laughs) invite me and so he apologized for that and then kind of went through some other stuff for this season but you know at the end of the day they are businesses that are running a business and and they have morals but you know it's not really uh, until they understand that you know there is value in us then it's it's hard for them to to make the change and the more people that do see it the more people that do understand it the more uh Koppenberg also said they were going to get more tv coverage this year they've already made an agreement to get more for the women this year wow their event so because they're, they're promoting it so much so and they said also the podium stuff as well so so as fans I think I ask you this every year <laughs> I think I've asked you this every year since I first started talking to you but as fans what can we do to help like fight what, what's the most useful thing that we can ha- do to help fight the good fight I mean apart from just keep supporting races. us just keep doing what what you do you know women cycling fans are fanatics and it's it's fantastic and you you hold a value because you know you're promoting us in the same way that that we want to be promoted and and it, it's exciting just keep following us and keep keep watching what we do and keep saying well done you know <laughs> so does, I mean but when you know if a fan tweets you yeah is that useful to is that useful to show Kona and useful to show people like well, no I think I, I you know I I reply try to reply to everyone that tweets me I try I don't always succeed but I do try and you know I love that I love the interaction it's part of who I am it's part of what I do but I don't think it the only the value to a company like Kona the value and to a lot to be fair to most companies that invest in women's cycling just women's cycling it we we are the value because we are so approachable and because we do reply to tweets and because and it's it's not that we get more money for doing it it's the fact that we already do it is the reason why yes 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 yes. like Volpine and Matrix and and all those people that are involved in Steph's team they love the interaction. They love the accessibility that people have to us. And that's, and the same with Kona, you know, they're a really friendly, friendly group of people and they want to promote this family thing. And, and, you know, in a, in an ideal word, you know, you talk to your brothers and sisters, don't you? So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I fight with mine. Yeah. <laughs> realizing saying that a lot of people hate the, the family yeah yeah oh but, my god <laughs> i was just i was just remembering us all like basically kill, trying to kill each other in the back seat of the car for a month yeah that's fine that, that's not how my family goes but yeah like my family my brother was mechanic for the women's tour this year oh uh, was he yeah he is a team mechanic um he runs oh. a bike shop so he's a he's a mechanic by trade and uh he's a really he's lovely my brother's lovely he's like super relaxed super cool and really funny and uh he yeah uh, he's really good and he gets on really really well with Steph as well which is good to relax Steph. so basically so so Kona's like an ideal family oh my god Helen Wyman you make me so sick family yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much they're the kind of ones where you're like oh god why do they get on so well yeah and, <laughs> and so and so your fans can be like your family friends and your yeah and your kind of people that you talk to you know people you see in your close-knit community even though we're all over the world yeah definitely, definitely. So, there's so, a lot of people I talk to on Twitter and then I meet them and I'm like I have no idea who you are <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like oh I've spoken to you on Twitter about this and yeah that, that doesn't help and then you go back and you look at the picture 
oh that's who it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't yeah you kind of want to see people wearing masks with their avatars on yeah. rather than that. <laughs> they and, themselves by their by their uh, twitter name not by their actual real name yeah that's one of the reasons i kind of changed my twitter i'm kind of sarah connolly pigeons because i kept turning up placing oh you're a girl yeah <laughs> oh okay i'm sorry oh, we had this, this dude um ian who came to one of the cross cleans and he came last year as well to the same one and uh he lives in bedford massachusetts and we live Steph's mum lives near Bedford, England. Yeah. And this year he brought us some really, really nice looking coffee. I'm about to try it this week. And uh and he got these these fridge magnets which have like the Bedford town sign <laughs> on and then a Bedford flag postcard. That's really it's really cool. It's it's just really nice that and there was this really cute old lady who races in the masters racing and this year she didn't come to the clinic. She comes every year. She's like your grandma. And she gave us $28 this year. She insisted. I was like, I don't want your money. You didn't come to the clinic. And she insisted on giving me $20 to buy a coffee. <laughs> it's just like your nan, you know. Every time you go to your nan, she's like, oh, I have 10 quid, you know, for your bus fare home. You're like, nan, I drove here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I liked at the Friends Life Women's Tour, little Millie with her sign with her little with her little handmade sign yeah <laughs> and that's like your little your little small cousin kind of coming up to you yeah. and showing you the picture they've drawn and you're not sure which way up it goes no that's not true <laughs> it was a great sign <laughs> yeah but that's that's the kind of like that's the cool side of women's cycling and that's yeah. that to me that's in my personality Steph's tried to get me to be more angry and less friendly but it's kind of <laughs> my personality so well you're the first rider that ever talked to me and I still remember swooning so yeah it's um it's um, <laughs> it's it it, so good though Sarah pardon <laughs> you make me sound so good <laughs> no it's Helen Wyman oh my god and then when Mariana Voss followed me I nearly like passed out and had to kind of <laughs> tell people you know no one else in my life Mariana Voss followed me what are you talking about <laughs> you yeah, like, well and your point is <laughs> no really this is amazing Helen Wyman <laughs> replied to me Helen Wyman knows I exist <laughs> yeah but you do have to be really careful because you know that there are people that think that and yeah. you're like you know which is why I try my hardest to reply to everybody because it does make people stay you know and yeah when someone says oh can you retweet this or as long as it's nothing stupid I will retweet it and when someone says you know like the silent pirate girls have started I can't remember how we started chatting but we've chatted a few times and they're the little girls, aren't they? Little ones, yeah. One of them was at the finish at Felix Stowe in yeah. the in the VIP tent with her dad. Yeah. And she had a Helen Wyman hat on that I'd given her a race, maybe at Worlds or something. Oh. And uh, and I was like, oh, you see this, Lucy? You see, you see this? You're not quite as famous as me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just rocked up with my hat on. Just saying. She's kind of hilarious. And it's just like, like yeah. It's stuff like that, like you interact with people and you and it's nice. It's nice that you can you can do that and it's it's not too difficult. I can't imagine I imagine it would be so hard for Sven to be able to interact with everybody. Yeah, good God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sven probably just walks out and um, and is surrounded. But but then you know, even you know, Mariana doing her cross clinic with small children this week. Yeah. And you know, Sven doing his because Sven has those crazy days where he just invites people to bowl to the pub with him. Does he? Yeah, after the world, after winning the worlds and stuff, um, in his village, he um, it's Bar, isn't it? Yeah. He was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be in this pub from this time to this time. <laughs> and like, and and people just show up and drink this. Well, I mean, obviously you can't drink with Sven because the place packs out and somewhere over there there's Sven. Yeah. But you know, you might get to see him. 
yeah. you're in the same pub as him you're breathing the same air and perfumes yeah. as Sven is and yeah he does that he does that a lot like he does that oh my last 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 question um since in cyclocross it is traditional to have a gp sven nace gp mariana voss gp yeah. mary de Klerk, are, are we going to see gp helen wyman sure one day and what would and where and what would gp helen wyman be you'd have a massive great big dirty muddy hill in it <laughs> would, that'd be pretty much it and the finish would be at the top of the hill as well would you be like having people hosing hosing the hill down for the week yeah. in advance if it hasn't rained definitely. enough definitely um and uh what else would you have in it um that, that would probably be it he'd be just able to ride it <laughs> that like the first three would just be able to ride it in the women's and then the others would be like debating whether it's faster to run or not and then the last riders wouldn't even be able to get up it <laughs> so basically it would be brutality brutal yeah yeah and, and where in the world would your muddy hill be if you could have like a travelator hill that just keeps going yeah that would be perfect cross race. Yeah. So, do you, would, so, but would you descend, or would it just be like a, mo- no, just, a mo- Mobius circle where you're just only going <laughs> uphill? No, it would have a descent as well. It'd have a really wild descent. Um, so one that you just, and because it's so muddy, you just slide down. Yeah, it's one that you can't hurt yourself on. Just like, just like Koppenberg, probably. Yeah. Um, and it would be in. Ooh. Ooh, that would be tricky. I'd probably say. I'd have to have two, one in Belgium, one in America. Ooh. Okay, cool. So um, so we'll just build a hill. In it's okay, there. everyone's turned off by now. We've been talking for an hour and 50. <laughs> no, no, this is two-parter. This is part two of two. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for your time. Good luck. And if you're in Britain, oh my God, or near Britain, or anywhere in the world that can fly to Britain, come, oh, come and watch Helen win. <laughs> The Milton Keynes World Cup on the 29th. But before that, watch her win Koppenberg and Zonhoven in the same weekend. Oh, that would be pretty brutal, wouldn't it? <laughs> I can't even imagine what that's going to be like. I mean, I, I just, just imagine that, yeah. You don't have to watch me win. You can watch Nikki win as well. Okay, so you can watch Nikki win and um, and cheer for Hannah Payton. And, and I think Gabby's back for Milton Keynes World Cup. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, and Hannah Payton as well. And cheer for everyone else. And thank you. And yeah, and buy your next bike from Kona. Yes. <laughs> and if people want to find you, they can find you at helenwyman.com and yeah. you're on Twitter yeah. at CXHelen. Yeah. Uh, where she'll try and reply to you. Yeah. Try my hardest. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and mad good luck for the season. Thank you.